traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute. In the squadron, they called him bullets. But we call him Greg Kelly. Greg Kelly is on the air on the Red Apple Podcast Network. We are, what time? What time is it? It's one two oh five in about an hour, less than. Joe Biden is going to deliver another hate speech. I call it a hate speech. He's going to come out and talk about January 6th in his um, continuing quest to rip this country apart. Remember what a unifier he promised, a unifier he promised to be? Remember all that nonsense? Uh, yeah, he's going to go to Valley Forge. He's in Valley Forge, Pennsylvania, and uh, going to uh, try to exploit yet again January 6th. You know, it's amazing, this guy, this dunce, right? Is lecturing the country about unity and, and race relations. He was friends with some of the most notorious racists in the United States Senate in the 20th century. Um, Robert Byrd of West Virginia, Strom Thurmond of South Carolina. These, these guys, and I know it's Strom Thurmond, like, you know, saw the light later in his career. Um, well, Joe Biden became really good pals with him early in Joe's career. And decades before Strom Thurmond uh, renounced slavery, but for a long time, even as a United States senator, he thought slavery was a net plus for America. A net plus. A lot of good things happened. According to uh, Strom, uh, what's his name? Uh, Biden actually gave the eulogy. People forget. He gave the eulogy at Strom Thurmond's um, funeral. And, uh, of course, it was mostly about Joe. It was mostly about Joe. Hey, I want to play for you one of the cheesiest political commercials in the history of uh, commercials. Harry Dunn, the big, fat, lying, dumb cop from Capitol Hill, uh, told everybody, oh, the N-word. They were calling me the N-word. There was absolutely no evidence of that, plenty of evidence that Harry Dunn is a, well, is a big liar. But uh, here we go. He's running for Congress. At least, at least this means he can't walk around Capitol Hill as a cop with a gun yelling and screaming at Republicans he doesn't like. But now he, he's walking down a hallway with a bunch of actors pretending they're MAGA people. And somebody should have told Harry Dunn he talks too fast. Go ahead. On this day, my role was as a Capitol Police officer. I'm Harry Dunn, and that meant for him to decide who I am. A father, a Marylander, a Democrat, because I swore an oath to protect our Constitution. All right, stop. He doesn't speak loud enough. That's the problem. There's too much, you know, this bad audio in a commercial or in a movie or in a TV show or a radio show really, really is a problem. Um, what the hell is he? He's a father. He's a what? And a, Did he say Matador? Marylander. A Marylander. A Marylander, like from the state of Maryland? Okay. <laughs> Bragging rights, huh? He's a hero. Just ask him. Keep going. Our democracy is what allowed me to protect some members of Congress who I knew were bigots, who helped fan the flames that started all of this. I put country above self. The problem is... Stop. 
I haven't heard this kind of arrogance since uh, Eric Adams ran for mayor. I'm a hero. Me and this bulletproof vest stood on this corner for 30 years. Yeah, right. Computer programmer um, at the, for the subways. Hey, by the way, that was a one horrible crash. Good thing nobody died. You hear this guy? He had a job. Walking around, thumping his chest like that. Keep going. A lot of them didn't. Some of the same people who stood behind us when we protected them went back on the floor of Congress and stood behind Trump. They voted to acquit him. And worst of all, they denied the violence and trauma that led to the death of some of my fellow officers. I couldn't stand by and watch. Hold on a second. A lot of fake news. A lot of Democrat wild talking points here. Um, number one, the cops who died. Let's talk about the cops who died. Um, Officer Sicknick did died of a medical episode may have been exacerbated by bear spray guess what uh, or or maybe the chemicals that the police department was deploying itself i wish he had not died from everything i can see he was a good guy good job but something happened to him that had nothing to do with uh with politics and since when do we count suicides as line of death uh fatalities uh, on the job, for t- no, it doesn't count that way. It doesn't work that way. Sorry. It is a little suspicious, though, by the way. How many suicides do they have? And post is just, all right, keep going. I had another role to play. I used my voice to speak out, to get into good trouble. And a few weeks ago, I left the force after more than 15 years of service so that today I can announce I'm running for Congress. We can't ever let this happen again. And you've heard it. Stop! See that? We can't ever let this happen again. Well, how about locking the doors and putting more than bike racks in front of uh, the Capitol? The Capitol is still a public building. You know, it's not a palace. It's not Buckingham Palace. We, the people, citizens, are allowed to go there. We are, actually. Now, again, you don't want to riot. You don't want to break stuff. But this whole idea, it's very, you know, on, on, on Inauguration Day, there was nobody there. It was martial law. Martial law in Washington, D.C. And everybody just tolerated it. Everybody just sucked it up. It doesn't sound like a democracy to me. Keep going. Himself, he is hell-bent on finishing what he started this day. I'm stepping into a new road today, but I can't do it alone. I believe every one of us has a role to play in this fight. So join me. We've got a democracy to protect. So the fun, the really the laugh out loud thing, you got to see it to believe it. He's walking through hallways that are not Capitol Hill. It's some building they found in Maryland, but a bunch of people pretending it's the Capitol. And they're throwing papers all over the place, pretending to be like, you know, the January 6th riot inside the Capitol, whatever. Uh, it comes off as really, really cheap and cheesy and in bad taste. And now, however, if he's running for the Congress in Maryland, I wonder, I wonder, it's overwhelmingly blue state, overwhelmingly. And I believe he lives in the suburbs of, of Washington, D.C. So he's probably, he's probably worked it out. They worked it out for him that he's going to win. You know, everybody on that, uh, He's probably running in an open seat, maybe. I don't know. We'll find out. But 
everybody they had on Morning Joe, they had three Capitol Hill cops and one Metro cop, I should say. Uh, Officer Gunnell, Officer Fanone, and uh, Officer Harry Dunn there. And after they introduced them, they introduced their books. All right, each each cop got to write a book. These are the three they found that Trump haters, the ones who hated Trump to testify. The whole damn thing is a sham, a total and complete sham. But but it's also a window into their corruption, uh, a guide map really uh, to uh, roadmap to how they want Trump taken out. This guy says we have to take it to the next level. What does that mean? What does that mean? What is Liz Cheney talking about when he says she says he's a clear and present danger to American democracy? To me, it's a call potentially to some nut job out there to do what? Pull the trigger on the guy? I don't know. I don't know. Very, very creepy times. Hey, can you send James Flippin in because I'm hearing residual delays or something like that? Do we have residual delays because of because of that train situation? Hey, how do trains collide anymore? I've heard of derailments, but a derailment caused by two trains colliding. No, I've seen the system that they use to manage the subway. And uh, they got computers now. How did two trains hit each other? I'll tell you. The guy who, uh, well, everybody's everybody's vaping. Everybody's smoking weed. Everybody's popping pills. All right? People who should be good at their job are thinking about other things. Their stupid phone, fantasy football, getting high. Looking at the porno, right? Everybody is off, <laughs> off message, off topic, screwing around. And I don't want to, I'm not pointing my finger. I mean, there are some great people who work at the MTA. I know there are, right? And maybe it had nothing to do with it, but I just know, forget that crash. There are a lot of folks out there. You can see it all over the place. The quality of everything has either plateaued or is in rapid free fall. Uh, James Flippin, hello. Hey, happy Friday, Greg. What happened with that crash? So this was yesterday, a little bit before rush hour, I guess. There was a one train that was in service, and there was a work train that was making its way through this tunnel there on the Upper West Side near the 96th Street Station. They collided. Now, apparently, what it sounds like now is somebody pulled the emergency brake on that one train. I bet that guy was smoking weed. No. (laughs) All right, so it wasn't somebody. Wait a second. I thought they got rid of the emergency brakes. I thought no, they got rid of them. Not, nope. I, now, not all we got to rethink this, all right? What? In, so that cord is still there? I don't think it is. Well, it depends on, like, the the more the more modern models have, like, in the one corner, there's, like, that the, that pull string, but it's like a, it's like a steel rod. Let me ask you this. What passenger, for what purpose, would ever have, would, should ever have the capacity to stop the whole train. I've wondered that myself. Uh, you'd have to ask a transit expert on that one. I don't know. I don't have to ask a transit expert. They, they shouldn't have that. They don't have it on Amtrak. They don't have it in Europe. I've been on trains in Europe. I've been on trains in Japan. They don't have that. Yeah, you, you, mean, see the, you see the weirdos who are on the subway these days? Anybody can go up and pull that cord? It's crazy. Yeah. I was on a D train, Greg, and it's funny you bring up the, the emergency brake because the D trains are a little older. And one of the emergency brakes is like, it, it looks like it's, you a know, string something. with the red thing at yeah, the bottom. Exactly. That is it. And it looks like it's from the 1970s. They're still there. Well, that's uh, that's a problem. So somebody pulled the brake. Somebody pulled the brake. Then the trains collided. Just, just for laughs or for That's like, what the, I'm trying to think of the guy, Richard there's, Davey. There, there's no other reason to pull the brake. He called it vandalism on a <laughs> train. I mean, but you're asking for it. 
I'm surprised it doesn't happen every other day. Yeah. It had never actually happened to me before, and then a couple weeks ago, we just stopped really suddenly in between stations, and they come on the PA, and they say, somebody pulled the emergency brake. I got to admit, a couple of years ago, I was staring at the thing. Thinking about You were tempted? Well, I was just saying, I was staring at the thing, and I was wondering, <laughs> what would happen? It's like an agent of chaos. Twice in my life, I have uh, stared at something and acted on my... Um, Stupid impulses. Okay. Like what, what's some of the other stuff that? One time I was on a battleship mm-hmm. and I was a kid and, uh, there was this switch that said on off and it was in the off position. So what, what, what could possibly happen? You know, I mean, just like it's back. I mean, I, then I thought that like, I was like a cover over it or anything. No, or? no, it can't be that big a deal. Right. So I turned it to the on position and the loudest, biggest horn I've ever heard in the history of the planet, went off. <laughs> and everybody's instinctively seemed to know that I was the one who did it. Yeah. Like, the officers came over. The sailors came over. You know what I mean? I was basically escorted off the ship. And this is when you were uh, uh, eight years old, okay. getting a tour of a battleship in uh, Little <laughs> Creek, uh, Virginia, someplace like that. And the other thing I... Um, I don't think enough years have gone by. I don't okay, want to talk, to talk about it. I mean, it wasn't illegal, but it was just not the best judgment. Okay, and I was not eight years old. All right, so nobody uh, nobody dead, right? No, I haven't even heard of any injuries on this one. I mean, basically, they got the people off. They walked them along the tracks back to the station, and now... Uh, well, I got some information for you because I got a cop friend who told me that, let's see here, there were plenty of injuries. Six minor injuries. Oh, okay. And a few with semi-serious injuries. Oh. Well, I may actually have, have not had that totally you got to right. get some sources at the NYPD. I've told you before that I want sources at the NYPD. Well, go to those cop bars. Go to where they hang out. I don't know. you gotta, you got to bring me there. Introduce me to some of these guys. Dad, they're my sources. I don't want them to. You know, people are... We're, we well, wanna... Can't we share sources? Can't we have a little bit of... It doesn't work that way. You know it doesn't work that way, right? Right? But I'm a contributor to your show as a news person. Well, right? I mean, so that could go be out and do your thing. The little shoe leather there. You come in, you sit at that computer, right? How's uh, the flipping out podcast coming flipping out podcast is good i'm going to be doing an episode this weekend so i'm excited about that what's the what's the agenda what's going to happen uh you know i I, it's always a little bit of everything but in general i guess i'll talk about some of the recent stuff i've had going on you know kind of going around seeing some friends traveling around the tri-state and then i also want to talk about this new traveling around the tri-state yeah now i can find a podcast with a guy who's embedded right now with the houthi terrorists He's actually embedded with the hooties. He's embedded with the hooties. And he does a podcast. Yeah. It's pretty interesting. It is. Well, look, but here's uh, You're going to tell a story about no. going to uh, New Jersey, New York, and Connecticut. Yeah, but I don't know. The, but, but, Greg, hold on. Sometimes you got to go counter-programming. Everybody's talking about Iran and the Red Sea and not really. Israel and Let's Gaza and we're, the no, we're not talking about that. People are. What people? Show, me these, people. show me these people. Okay. I'm gonna, <laughs> let's go out and Those do guys are not talking about it. <laughs> All right. Oh, well, hey, I'm looking at the big setup there in Pennsylvania. And, uh, yep, he's got American flags. And I love the the American flag. I don't like the way that Joe Biden uses the American flag. He decorates it. He decorates the auditorium in a weird way with the American flag. There's something up about it. I'm going to put my finger on it. It's right out of, uh, well, it looks a little fascist. It looks a little weird. And he's a little weird, and he's about to call half of America a threat to democracy. We'll be right back. Thank you, James. 
Handling legal matters is stressful. So, let the law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. provide you with the insightful counsel you deserve. The law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. has successfully handled thousands of cases for 25 plus years. They focus on elder law and estate planning, but are equipped to navigate you through all stages of family law and divorce to real estate law and probate. The law offices of Frank Bruno. Call 718-418-5000 or visit them at frankbrunolaw.com. That's frankbrunolaw.com. Frank Bruno. He's your numero uno. Hi, it's Ernie Anastas. You know, your thoughts can affect how you feel, and how you feel can impact your thoughts. Addressing your mind and body connection is the key to improving your overall wellness. Bergen Newbridge Medical Center is the largest hospital in New Jersey, providing comprehensive, equitable, compassionate, and high-quality emergency inpatient and outpatient medical care, plus mental health services and substance use disorder treatment. The Bergen Newbridge team can address your total health needs in one convenient location. Call 201-225-7130 for an appointment or newbridgehealth.org. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Hey, I am very pleased to hear this. Uh, Judicial Watch files a $30 million wrongful death lawsuit against the U.S. government on behalf of Ashley Babbitt's husband and estate. Ashley Babbitt, the American hero, who unarmed, shot and killed by that uh, cop, uh, Michael Byrd. Uh, getting this right now off of JudicialWatch.org. Judicial Watch announced today that it has filed a wrongful death lawsuit against the U.S. government on behalf of the family of Ashley Babbitt, the U.S. Air Force veteran who was shot and killed inside the U.S. Capitol by then Capitol Police Lieutenant Michael Byrd on January 6, 2021. The lawsuit includes claims against the U.S. government for wrongful death, assault and battery, and various negligence issues. Air Force veteran Ashley Babbitt was a 35-year-old resident of San Diego, California, where she owned and operated a successful pool business with her husband, Aaron. Ashley traveled alone from San Diego to Washington, D.C. to attend Women for America First, a.k.a. Save America rally, on January 6, 2021, at the Ellipse. As the lawsuit details, Ashley loved her country and wanted to show her support for President Trump's America First policies and to see and hear the president speak live while he remained in office. Ashley did not go to Washington as part of a group or any unlawful or nefarious purpose. She was there to exercise what she believed were her God-given American civil liberties and freedoms. After the rally, Ashley, like a great many other patriotic Americans attending the rally, walked to the Capitol peacefully, a distance of approximately 1.5 miles. Two undercover Metropolitan Police Department officers followed close behind Ashley as she climbed the stairs to the West Terrace. Ashley entered the Capitol on the Senate side long after others had done so. Once inside, Ashley encountered a female Capitol Police officer who directed her to walk toward the House side. Ashley complied walking alone through the Capitol and ultimately arriving at the hallway outside the main door to the House chamber, where demonstrators had gathered. From there, Ashley walked by herself east along the hallway outside the House chamber and then turned south, reaching the hallway outside the Speaker's lobby at the southeast corner of the Capitol. The shooting, the shooting is what comes next. And there's some information in here and there's some truth that you have not heard, that the mainstream media not dare say... A woman was murdered that day, and this is a major, major step in getting justice. Ashley Babbitt, rest in peace. The lawsuit has been filed. I love it. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. 
You know, I love the timing of this lawsuit. They took their time. I don't know if this is revenge, but what do they say? Revenge is the dish best served cold. What does that mean? Don't do it with a lot of emotion. You got to think about it. You got to do your uh, investigating. You got to get the evidence. And that's what Judicial Watch has done here. Um, and it's very interesting. And they are, they are doing what mainstream media, everybody should have been doing in the minutes and hours after the, after the murder of Ashley Babbitt, after it became apparent that she was murdered. I mean, this woman, you can't, you can't justify this shooting. Not a police department in America could justify it. Now, politicians will bend over backwards. Oh, she was uh, defending the Capitol. He was defending the members of Congress. Well, all right, but, uh, the use of deadly force, the, the rules guiding that are very specific. Ashley Babbitt, as an unarmed person, and Bird didn't even say that he thought that she had a weapon. He didn't say, a woman jumping through a window? Seeming to jump through a window? That's not, that's not deadly force. You don't respond with deadly force. And we're not even sure if she was jumping. And there is evidence that she was trying to get people uh, to calm down, actually. I'm going to go through this in a little bit. There's some interesting uh, new facts about Lieutenant Byrd. And you know what? Again, as Curtis would say, his uh, complexion was his protection. No longer. Doesn't matter what you look like in America. It matters your content to your character and your actions. Barbara from Huntington. Hello. Hi, Greg. Wow, what a show. I mean, you started out, and I was so glad to hear and that you shared your experience as you were reading the Bible, and basically you were putting yourself in God's presence, and he gave you a sign that indeed he was there with you, and that is just amazing, and I'm so glad to hear and so glad that you're free and willing to talk about that. And um I just, when you announced Ashley Babbitt and the Judicial Watch lawsuit, it again, it brings tears to my eyes because of what that woman endured and the loss to her family for no reason. And I went, as I was listening to you, to independentsentinel.com, where the article is up already about this. And the article also features some footage from your show um, uh, showing that this was an unjust shooting. And I am just just so glad, and I hope justice will be done. I didn't know that she was with her hands in the air. It it tells in the article, I'm sure, some of the things that you're reading, too, that she was in plain view of this uh, bird with her hands in the air and obviously was not threatening anyone. And police officers who were in the hallway said there's no way that she could have seen Bird. And also he did not in any way identify himself. So, uh, you know, I won't go on with more of the details because it's sad and hurtful. But but thank you for, for bringing that up. And thank you for everything you have done to keep this in front of all of us ever since it happened when other people had passed it by a long time ago. Well, quite frankly, uh, thank you so much. It was it's in a weird way. I consider it an honor and I do consider it a privilege. And I'm aware of the very unique circumstances of how things have unfolded to bring me to a moment where. Yeah, a lot of folks for a lot of weird, complex, uh, who knows what reasons will not talk about the truth. And uh, I'm free to do so. And I'm very, very grateful to John, to Chris, to a lot of people, to President Trump and uh, all the above. Hey, I heard you wanted to say something about Peter Strzok and uh, Lisa Page. 
you were talking earlier about the um, uh, quoting the policeman who who gave the officer who gave ridiculous statements about how um, Joe Biden needs to be more extreme and so forth. And, and it just reminded me of Strzok and Page. You mentioned them, Strzok and Page. I hope that people will take the time to go to YouTube and watch a very interesting presentation titled FBI Lovebirds <laughs> Undercovers. It is verbatim theater, and it's so well done. It's hysterical, but it's also very informative and instructive. It's, it's the actual text that went back and forth between Page and Strzok. First of all, they sound like two 15-year-olds giggling because they're getting away with an affair that they know they shouldn't be having. They sound so childish. But also, I didn't realize that she was a lawyer. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) What an irresponsible, unprofessional, greedy, arrogant woman she is and he's her match exactly you can see why they're attracted to each other the things they say to each other are so unprofessional so ignorant of anything of their responsibilities of the constitution of law of basic law and fairness but it is hilarious because Salem McAleer, who put it together, is very good at this verbatim theater, and it takes the actual – he will take an actual court transcript and make it into an entertaining presentation. And this one, there was so much to work with here. Uh, They really are fools. I love it. All right, so let me see here. It's FBI Lovebirds, and it's on YouTube? It's on YouTube, FBI Lovebirds, colon, Undercovers. Hey, listen, you know, people, uh, you know, look, people are human beings. People fail. There's, you know, there's redemption, all that stuff, right? Totally. But, you know, it's not, look, there are two people who met at work and got it on. And, you know, that's, that's, un, that, 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 that happens in life. And, you know, that's between the spouses and God. And, you know, that's, that's, but it's the election meddling, the election that the, the tried to deprive us of the, uh, Deprive us of of President Trump in 2016. They will prevent it. And it, what they did in 2020, but these two in particular. And quite frankly, when when the uh, when the when the mistake, the misconduct is that grave, yeah, the personal stuff is uh, is relevant potentially. Barbara, I'm going to look at it, okay? And uh, FBI lovebirds, let's all check it out. Thank you, Barbara, very very much. Uh, yeah, man, oh man, I've seen I've seen some of the text messages. And it is the arrogance that some guy named Peter and some girl named Lisa think they can fix the election of 2016. And they damn near almost did. They damn near almost did. They uh, they did fix it for 2020, in my opinion. And the FBI, Elvis Chan. You're you familiar with the name Elvis Chan? This guy who was giddy, giddy, giddy about chasing chasing information um, that was detrimental to Biden off the internet. Hey, I got something tonight. I got something later for some of my videos. I'm going to put it together. You know how they were saying 51 51 intelligence officers say that the laptop was misinformation, right? Well, you know that you notice they said the same thing about the court cases. 63 court cases found no evidence of electoral interference or electoral fraud, right? Remember that 63 cases, 51 Officers, 63 cases. 51 officers, 63 cases. Sounds very, very similar. And of course, I think both are going to be blown, uh, uh, to smithereens. The officers already have next those, uh, those cases. 
and people need to have a better understanding. Those cases were primarily dismissed on issues of standing. Like if I sue the state of Pennsylvania, they say, okay, uh, Greg Kelly, you have no standing to do this because you don't even live here. It was issues like that. They weren't, maybe I had a real beef with Pennsylvania. I mean, maybe some Pennsylvania cop uh, belted me in the head with uh, a ratchet and I wanted to sue him. And uh, they had some crazy law that said you had to be from Pennsylvania to sue Pennsylvania, right? No standing. All right. Or maybe uh, it was a Delaware cop. And they say, hey, you, you, your beef was with Delaware, not with Pennsylvania. That's standing. Jacqueline, hello. You're in Brooklyn. Hey, Greg. You know, I just wanted to add one thing. There was another woman that was murdered that day on January 6th, uh, Roseanne Boylan, 34-year-old. Now, listen, I I am not as familiar with that case, and I am hesitant to say that she was murdered. I knew that there were – but I'm telling you right now, I don't know – nearly enough about that case as I should. And I know there may have been some pre-existing medical issues, but having said that, I'm going to get up to speed on it, but I don't know if we can say that she was murdered. That might be a little bit too uh, too much, but keep okay, going. Let me, let me share something with you. There's a three-hour video that was released. Um, there is a, a case that her sister brought. There's a New York attorney, and it, the video clearly shows she was pushed out of the tunnel. And then after that, the video also shows a female Metropolitan Police Department officer hitting her in the head, either with a baton or something similar to a baton. She was also viciously kicked. And this was after people in her group, uh, Philip Anderson, who's a conservative activist, and also Jake Long, they tried to get the attention of the police officers to let them know that she was pushed to the ground and from the crowd she was being trampled. They tried to get her to the D.C. police so that they could give her help. All and right. Instead, I'm going to have to look, look at all this stuff. I will. I'm going to look, look at it. I want to know the whole case in general. Thank you, Jacqueline. I am going to check that out. Uh, we're moments away from Joe Biden taking the taken to the stage there in Pennsylvania where he's going to talk up January 6th and talk down MAGA and yet another desperate uh, gambit to um, uh, retain power, right? Power, money, right? Status, whatever it takes to get those things, whatever it takes to get those things. Uh, Bob, hello. Hello, how are you? Good. Yeah, um, I'm calling. Uh, the reason I'm calling is about the January 6th incident, and I think that you know, with the, all the hype and everything else, I think they ought to change the name to it the Patriots Day. Yeah, <laughs> maybe, maybe. Yeah. I look a lot of lot of. You know, we're not there yet, but uh, anything yeah. else, Bob? Uh, yeah, right. the only other thing was uh, about the abortion issue. Uh, I don't want to was, talk about that uh, right now. I'm just not in the mood. I'm on January 6th. Bring it up some other time. Uh, Nate in the Bronx. Hi. Good afternoon. Uh, very briefly, I uh, just wanted to share two resources, uh, not just concerning police overreach in the police state we de facto live under uh, with these Marxists in power in Washington. Uh, so basically the two resources are number one, uh, The Culture of Critique by Dr. Kevin McDonald. You keep plugging the same book. I don't like it when you do that, all right? Just, I don't know. I mean, come on, man. This is a talk show. I don't want to talk about books. I don't want to talk about those books from t- 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 decades ago. And, and, and you, you, you turn it into that guy who always talks about Pat Buchanan. You know, and I, to be honest, I haven't read this book. And I take it for your, you know, I take it that it's a legit book. But I don't want to be, vouch- I, you know, I can't vouch for the book. I never heard of it, never heard of the author. And you keep talking about it every time you call. You say one thing here and then you we got to read that book. I'm sure it's a legit book, but do me a favor. Let's, uh, let's avoid that book 
uh, for the time being. All right. All right. So uh, final thought, Nate. All right. So uh, basically with regard to uh, police overreach and the government turning into a totalitarian dictatorship, which is what de facto what it is, it's more important than ever that people who own firearms uh, advocate for the for the uh, retainment of the Second Amendment. The fact that the people have the private right to own firearms is the single most important right we have right now, because I'm firmly convinced that this country is not going to vote itself out of the quagmire that it's in right now. All right, all right, I get you, man. Listen, all right, so don't, uh, I get you, I get you. We believe in the Second Amendment, and I do believe in people promoting the Second Amendment. And, yes, I know that our founding fathers and people can look this up, and it's in the Federalist Papers. It is the basically another check on government, citizenry, right? But we're not there yet, Nate, all right? We don't go there, all right? All right, Nate? I want, uh, I do think we're going to vote this thing. We're going to straighten it out. Uh, the power of the people and our vote. All right. They haven't, they can't cheat. They can only cheat so much. All right. And I don't think they're going to be able to cheat their way out of this. Are we good? We're good. Right. All right. Thank you, Nate. Uh, let's see. And, uh, you know, what is going on with my voice? Am I like, is this a problem? I guess it is. I'm getting text messages from all over the place. What's wrong with your voice? What's wrong with your voice? Do I sound different? A little bit. It's the end of the week, though. You did a whole week. And I sound different. Oh, boy, yeah, I guess it is there, huh? All right, hold on a second. Let me gargle, and I'll be right back. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. So on this, again, January 6th Eve, we are very excited about Judicial Watch filing that lawsuit against the federal government, the Capitol Police, Lieutenant Byrd there. Finding out that Lieutenant Byrd wasn't such a hot cop, losing his gun, shooting it at the wrong time, even way before January 6th, shooting it in parking lots. I mean, this guy was crazy. He never should have had a gun. Leaving it in the bathroom in the tourist uh, center there in the Capitol. He was like on uh, double secret probation. Shouldn't have been that secret. Wow. What a... Uh, this is going to be... Uh, this is a, I'm just so glad that this thing has been filed. I, I knew it was coming. I was getting a little bit antsy about it. And now that it's been filed, that's great. Hey, um, all right, Ron DeSantis, I don't think he's going to be president. I don't want him to be president this time, at least. Definitely not this time. But he did pretty good last night. At moments, not everything was great. And sometimes he got pretty weird. He's just a off guy. He's just off. But this is, the, here he is talking about, uh, Border security. And, you know, he says we should arm up and uh, use military force to uh, protect the border. And I'm with him on that. Um, listen to this, please. Yeah, thanks for being here. Uh, Governor, almost all illegal migrants crossing the border carry a backpacker bag. And very few are cartel members. If you order to shoot on sight, now accepting women and children, how many innocent people are you willing to have killed to uh, kill one low-level drug mule? Well, uh, Joseph, thanks for that. But I, but I take issue with, with the premise of that. Uh, when you're conducting military operations, you're not just doing that willy-nilly. Uh, I'm the only one running for president that actually has served uh, overseas in, in, in a war um, in the Iraq campaign. They didn't dress. They didn't wear uniforms. You had to positively identify. People would have hostile actions, hostile intent, uh, and then you would be able to engage. So it's going to be the same type of thing. It's not going to be, and it's anything like we do even in domestically when a police officer would engage. Uh, so it's not going to be done the way the media is saying it's going to be done. But I will tell you this. I've been down there. The cartel will cut holes in the actual border wall 
and they will come through uh, with fentanyl. So my question to you and to other critics who don't say, how many fentanyl deaths are enough? Are we just supposed to sit here and let this happen? Uh, I think a president not only has a right, I think you have a responsibility to fight back against these people. I am sick and tired of seeing the carnage in this country. And in my travels through Iowa, uh, I've met angel parents, people that have lost kids to fentanyl overdose. And a lot of times, these are not drug addicts. These are maybe a college student that is stressed out during exams, so they buy a pill thinking it's going to help them get through the night, and it turns out it's laced with fentanyl. That could be enough to poison uh, that student to death. And so this is shattering families. It's shattering communities. The people in D.C., they just shrug their shoulder. Uh, they could care less about what. Yep. He was good. He was good. There was something that made me think of it. Uh, oh, this is something Trump does a lot better. And when he hears a question, he he's really concentrating on the person and the question. He's soaking up a lot of a lot of information, not just what's being said, but who's saying it, how they're saying it. I, there's something really interesting going on there. And Trump appears to be much more thoughtful in his responses. Um, you know, it's one of the things I, DeSantis is like, press a button, press a button, press a button, press a button, and just starts talking, 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 talking. There's, that's not the way with Trump. There's, there's something, and it's, it really is like a boy, DeSantis against a man, Trump. I'm sorry, but like, that's just, that's kind of the, in terms of the talent, in terms of the experience, it's, it's a boy against a man. But he did, uh, he did, uh, some good things last night there, DeSantis did. All right. It's almost time. It's almost time. Andrew is standing by. Hello. Hey, Greg, but serious point since you mentioned Ashley Babbitt, if you have her lawyers on the show, there is a video of a woman prior to the shooting that looks like Ashley Babbitt restraining men from breaking in through the door. And it, she was taking on three or four men and getting knocked around like a pimp. It looked like her. You know, yeah, no, 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 no. That. She actually, it looks like she punched a rioter trying to get him to stop. It, I, I've seen this and I've played it before. It's, uh, it's fascinating. Uh, what, w- there's so much there and the, the media, my gosh, they will not cover this because they are so invested in her being a, uh, an, you know, an insurgent, uh, insurrectionist and, uh, getting what she deserved, all that horrible crap. All right, Andrew, I appreciate um, what? What? Greg, did you notice with Fanon, his accent is mostly gone? Like when he testified, he had a sick, sick draw. You know something? Day. You might be right about that. <laughs> Let me hear that again. Can I hear the most of the Fanon from today on uh, the one we play? Let me hear that. You've had more than 1,200 oh, people arrested. Hear Willie the Geist the Proud first. Boys and the Oath Keepers going to jail for Willie. a very long time. More convictions to come. Prosecutors Willie. say they're only about halfway done with the people they want to find. Oh, Willie. So how do you Stop. feel? three years on after January 6th, 2021. I mean, when you mention all those investigations, um, you know, the Department of Justice undertaking and, you know, prosecuting more than 1,200 Americans. For Damn, Andrew. Budget. Damn, Andrew, you are correct. I didn't notice that. I did not notice that. That's it, right. He's given up the good old boy routine, hasn't he? You know where he's from, by the way. He's from the suburbs of Washington, D.C. He's from, like, Alexandria, Virginia. You know, a, a, two miles from the Capitol. Oh, Andrew, great observation. I'm going to use that. I'm going to do something with that. All right. Well, listen, man, I got to run, okay? Okay, great. Have a good Look weekend. All right. Today. You bet, buddy. You bet. Ah, there's the music.
what is with my uh, situation here? At first, I thought it sounded cool. Now uh, I realize <clears throat> I can clear my throat and it doesn't get cleared. Am I going down? It really feels like I'm going down. I'm not kidding. It's getting worse right now. This is actually not an effect. This is a... Can you hear me? I'll see you soon. Help me. Help. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com. 